Today on Locked On Canadians, we finish out our player reviews with Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, Justin Barron, and Rem Pitlick. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 845 of Locked On Canadians. We are, of course, your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for $20 off your first purchase. My name is Laura Sab, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matla. And we are going to finish out our player reviews today. We're going to ask some questions about Cole Caulfield, namely, when is he going to sign? Uh, and that's all coming up. Scott, how are you doing on this beautiful Monday evening? A bit chilly. I, I'm doing all right. Uh, got a nice package from one of our sponsors that you'll find out about later in the week here. And uh, the biggest thing is the the general manager news hovering around the Pittsburgh Penguins right now is downright hilarious if you want pure chaos because there are names like Eric Tulski, who's a very qualified candidate as uh, for a GM spot. And then also on that list is Peter Chiarelli, who was interviewed by the Penguins. So I know it's first round interviews. They cast a wide net, whatever, but I am... Uh, I'm keeping a close eye on that just for the utmost hilarity that can be involved with that right now, because what better way to see out Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin's careers than with Peter Chiarelli at the helm, ruining any chance they had of winning one final Stanley cup. And that's going to be something we keep an eye on because it will be extremely interesting to us. Uh, what is also interesting to us is Cole Caulfield. Let's do the player review uh, and the will he, won't he sign all in one, Scott. I'm ready to go ahead and say that based on the one half of the season that he had, it wasn't a full season, it was half a season, uh, the strides that he took, the his his he never lost his cool, you know, his poise, let's say his poise, his intensity, uh, his skill, his point per game or goal pace, if you like prorate it over the, the course of the year, uh, is magnificent. I'm ready to give Cole Caulfield an A plus and I don't care who disagrees with me. It's hard for me to not give him an A plus in this. Uh, in a season where he didn't score for almost two months last year, he finished with 23 goals and 20 assists under Martin St. Louis. This year, 26 goals, 10 assists, most of which came with an injured shoulder. Caulfield was on a different level for the Montreal Canadiens this year. He was trending towards topping the 40-goal plateau for the first time since, I believe, it was either Vincent Dampus or, uh, it wasn't Steve Shutt, but I think Vincent Dampus is the closest one, if not that, Mats Nasland. And if not for the shoulder injury where it was, this season's lost. We're not going to have you keep playing through this. He would have done that. He was closing in on it in 46 games with 26 goals, little off a goal per game pace, but still playing an incredibly lethal role on this team. It's hard to not give him an A plus, and it's hard to not be excited about where he started when he came in, playing those handful of games with the Canadians after he left Wisconsin, where he had four goals in 10 games, handful of game with a rocket where he had a hat, where he had a 
uh, hat trick in his debut game there. He's such a special talent that the Canadians haven't had in a long time. And Max Pacioretty was a great goal scorer. Cole Caulfield makes it seem even more effortless. And Max Pacioretty scored 30 goals a handful of times for the Canadians. And I might say that in the last 20 years, Caulfield might be the most natural goal scorer the Canadians have had, which one is a, is kind of depressing when you look at the Canadians, but he is that the, I don't want to say the driving force because we will talk about Nick Suzuki, but he is definitely a big part that makes the motor of this Canadians offense run. And the teams have to play the Canadians differently when Cole Caulfield is in the lineup. You cannot give him space to operate because he will make you pay any angle, any spot. He has the ability to do that with his shot. He's a human cheat code in a five foot eight frame. And it just the Flyers picked Cam York instead, which will never not be funny to me. He's he's special, truly, truly a special player for the Montreal Canadiens. He is a special player. I do think that over the course of his career, he will prove to be elite. But his contract is a big question mark right now. I think before the season started, we, we all said that he shouldn't make more than Nick Suzuki. I, but I think over the course of the season, you can't argue with the fact that he might need to make more than Nick Suzuki. You might have to bite the bullet and do it. Here's what I don't want, though, is that I don't want him to be a $10 million player. I think it's fair to have him in the eights. I think it's fair to have him make a little bit more than Nick Suzuki. I don't want him to be a $10 million player because... To me, $10 million player is somebody like Austin Matthews. And we all saw how that's working out. So yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's really you, important. Like that cautionary tale of tying up too much of the cap in your top line players. That's going to, that's going to ring. That's going to ring in Kent Hughes ears for a long time. And it's not that I don't think Cole Caulfield could become a, a player worth $10 million a season. He could absolutely come out and do that next season. They could sign him to a deal where he's getting paid seven and a half million a season. He could come out and score 50 goals next year and he would be worth $10 million. Absolutely. But it goes back to what we talked about in yesterday's episode is what lessons can the Canadians learn? How can you balance your homegrown stars, your Suzuki your Caulfield, et cetera, with the salary cap being what it is and still give your team the best chance to win. I, I think Caulfield's going to come in over eight even if it's just a little bit. And you know what? That's fine. I don't care. And do you know why? It's because Cole Caulfield scores goals like no one else on this team. Pay to keep your good talent here and build around them. Build your pillars up. You have Suzuki and you have Doc. You can bring Caulfield back into the fold here. And if he wants $8 million and they want to give him eight years, you know, maybe wiggle the price a little bit here. But get that long-term deal locked up because if the salary cap goes up and he's on, let's say, a three- or four-year deal, you are going to be paying out the nose at the end of that if he continues this trajectory, which, one, great. It means he's been an all-star and a goal scorer for the Canadians on huge unseen levels, but it's going to hit you in the checkbook. You're gonna. It's like what happened to P.K. Subban. Came in, took a two-year bridge deal, won a Norris title, and then got paid. If you want to build this team and keep your salary cap in check, pay now or you're going to kind of get bit later. And who knows? Maybe the cap will go up enough that it isn't a big issue. But with the NHL being the way that it is, 
If the cap isn't going to go up, make sure you have your stars signed now before you have to pay them way more than you can afford long-term. I have absolutely agree with you. Like to me in my head, I'm always like no bridge, no bridge, no bridge, no bridge, no bridge. And I think we should stay with that. In the meantime, we're going to talk about Justin Barron and Ren Pitlick. And then we're going to cap off his player review season with a little bit more talk about Nick Suzuki because we can never get enough of Nick Suzuki talking. That's all coming up in just one moment. But first, let me ask you this. How often do you find out that an artist you love is going to be in town and you fear you've missed the boat in buying tickets? And that results in a mad scramble to get your hands on any ticket you can find. And this has happened to me multiple times, especially recently with, you know, stand-up comedians that I want to see. And I got to tell you, Getting tickets should not be as stressful as I have made it for myself. Here is what we got to do, both you and me. Game time. Getting game time because it is the place for last minute ticket deals. And you can forget planning months in advance. You can be like me. You can do the mad scramble. But you don't even need to do the scramble because game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You'll literally find them on the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football. Basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. In fact, a friend of mine was saying in Toronto they had the WNBA game, and a lot of people didn't know that it was happening, and then they were scrambling to get tickets. Get game time. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, Scott, let's talk about a couple of players that we didn't talk too much about this season. Well, we did kind of. They were, you know, in and out of Laval. They had some good games. They had some bad games. They had, they showed promise and then they showed limitations. Um, and that is Justin Barron and Rem Pitlick. Let's start with Justin Barron, because I thought over the course of the year, he improved a lot. He he came back and it, feel, and it felt like he just wasn't right for the first half of the season. And he spent most of the time, if not all of the time in Lavelle. Um, and then when he when he came back, he didn't really show that much at the beginning when he was called back up. Not too, too much. But then towards the end of the season, he seemed to really find his game find his role on the team and I felt more and more impressed with him as the season drew drew to a close yeah the thing with Justin Barron is it's hard to forget he's 21 years old he's a he is a wee baby in a defense of wee babies and the hardest part is here and this is really truly not fair to him is everybody needs him to live up to being Arturi Lekkanen. One, they play different positions. Two, going to be hard to unless Justin Barron helps score a bunch of goals that win the Canadians the Cup. And it's just, I like what Justin Barron has done for the Canadians. He started off real slow in Lavelle. Didn't really stand out at the rookie tournament in Buffalo here. And I was kind of like, what, what do we do here? What, you know, what does it need to get his game going here? He talked with J.F. Hool after a game where he was just, the effort wasn't there and he was struggling. And then something just clicked in his head. He only played 25 games for the Rocket this year. He ended with 16 points though. And he was a big, big piece alongside Nicolas Baudin 
that got that group back into the playoff chase after such an abysmal start to the season. And then he got called up to the NHL in 39 games, 15 points. Not awful for a rookie defender, usually playing four, five, six minutes on a team here. I like a lot of what he has. He has some decision-making flaws still in that he'll be pressured along the boards and he'll make a panic play. He'll just kind of fling the puck somewhere. He isn't taking time to read and scan the play. And they're getting less and less than what we've seen before. But it's a, a calmness in his game that he does not have yet. You can kind of see it in Caden Gould. You see it with Jordan Harris in that they are very composed with the puck. Jonathan Kovacevic has his moments as well in that they don't often make the wrong play. They might make the safe play, but they are making the right play more often than not. He's someone that I think Canadians fans are really hoping to see that next step from next year. And I think he'll get there. It is going to be a busy defense. Yeah, you're going to have Jack. I will be back from shoulder surgery. Yeah, you still have Jordan Harris. Yeah, you still have Caden Gooley. Joel Edmondson, David Savard are still technically on the roster, but you should be penciling in Justin Barron somewhere in there. And I think if everyone is healthy and he starts off in a third pairing role, he can grow into more from that. I think all the foundational pieces are there. He's not going to be a superstar. We should just nip that in the bud right now. I do not think Justin Bear will be a superstar, but being a solid regular contributor on this Canadians team is not a bad thing at all. I, I like a lot of the promise that I've seen and I can't wait to watch him grow more. Like I said, He's only 21. He doesn't turn 22 until next November. He's still young. You should not be giving up on giving up on Justin Barron at this moment right now. It, that's just not how this should work at all. Speaking of depth, <laughs> um, let's talk about Rempitlik a little bit. I think Rempitlik is kind of the same thing with Justin Barron is that it depends on what your expectations are. And your expectations should not be too high for what Rempitlik can bring. Yeah, last year, Rem Pitlick shot 33% coming in. Don't get me wrong, Rem Pitlick was fun last year. 26 points in 46 games. Love that. He was a real fun addition. Maybe a little bit overexposed, but the Canadians injured and everything last year. This year, did not fit the Canadians lineup whatsoever. Went to Laval, was a massive contributor on that team. Another one of those big pieces. He had 22 points in 18 games. Clearly too good for the AHL. Finished the year with 15 points in 46 games for the Canadians. Not bad. Defensively, though, any of those instincts that we saw last year where he was a pretty good penalty killer or useful in those situations, out the window. And my thought with this is if you're going to make Rem Pitlick work in your organization, you need him to not be your defensive go-to person. That is not his game. He is not a Paul Byron replacement here. I feel bad for him because he's one of those guys lost in the shuffle. But also, if I ever see Rem Pitlick on the top line again because Martin St. Louis is out of options, I will fly to Montreal myself and have this exact conversation with a man who could probably kick my ass if he wanted to. I wouldn't be shocked if he's traded this offseason. He's, he's going to get you know a C-minus for me this season because I didn't have high expectations for him. I didn't. He kind of ended up right around where I thought he was uh, for the rocket. He gets an A. He was great for the rocket, but this isn't the rocket season reviews here. I wouldn't be shocked. He doesn't have much left on his contract. He gets paid $1.1 million. 
that's chump change for a team looking to add a depth, little bit of skill in offense who needs it up against the cap. Someone offers you fourth round pick, take it. Who cares? You can replace Rem Pitlick with somebody else. It wouldn't be difficult. Uh, I will miss that guy looking like he just wandered in a, from a fish show though, just completely bewildered by everything, but it's not the end of the world of Rem Pitlick uh, leaves in this off season via trade. All right, so let's do a grade for Justin Barron and a grade for Rem Pitlick. I'm going to give Justin Barron a C plus. I think there's more there. Uh, slow start hurt him a little bit, and then being hurt obviously hurt him a little bit as well. I think next year is going to be a real big year for Justin Barron. I think he's going to be establishing himself as an NHL regular, and the Canadians fans are hopefully going to get someone who can be their power play quarterback a little bit there in him next season, assuming it all goes well. And he has that confidence about him right now. And there you have it. We are going to talk about Nick Suzuki. We have saved our favorite for last. We talk about Nick Suzuki a lot. We're going to talk about Nick Suzuki again. Why? Because we love him. But first let's talk about athletic greens. This episode is brought to you by athletic greens. It's a product that I use literally every day. AG1 by athletic greens. And maybe you're like me, you want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1 because with one delicious scoop of AG1 and a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It can be hard and expensive expensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, folks, it is time to talk about Nick Suzuki. Let's talk about Nick Suzuki. I want to give Nick Suzuki all of the positive accolades, grades. I want to give him the whatever. I don't know if you guys ever had things where you like won um, a medal at the end of, of, of the year or some sort of like, you know, <laughs> prize for being the best at like sports and academics and social life and, 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 and. That's me for Nick Suzuki. I, it, it's... I look at Nick Suzuki's Montreal Canadiens tenure, 41 points, 41 points, 61 points, 66 points. Nick Suzuki as a, let's see, 23-year-old captain of the oldest franchise in the NHL, which comes with its own, I, I'm not even going to say boatload, like ever given boatloads of pressure with it, put up a career high in goals, in points, and tied his career high in assists. And he did most of this without Cole Caulfield for most of the season. Dude has that dog in him, despite being a cat dad, like seven times over. I know there are people like, he can't be a first line center. He doesn't score this many points. He doesn't score this many points. 
He's not playing with David Pasternak. He's not playing with Mitch Marner and William Nylander. If he has Cole Caulfield for an entire year, I assume he's topping 70 points in his sleep. Nick Suzuki is probably one of the biggest success stories from Martin St. Louis this year. Yes, he has his slumps, but when he gets going, he is just a point machine, point after point after point, assist after assist, goal after goal, and he does it with so much skill. He's such a treat to watch, and we've talked a lot about Mark Bergevin falling butt backwards into Nick Suzuki because he originally wanted Cody Glass and Vegas said no. Out of any time to be told no and getting this other prospect, could you imagine the Vegas Golden Knights with Nick Suzuki on their team right now playing with Mark Stone? It, it's a it's a terrifying prospect, and I've said it. I think Nick Suzuki can be an 80-point center. If Cole Caulfield is healthy all of next year and this power play functions even remotely close to league average, Nick Suzuki will hit 80 points. He is such an incredible player. He is smart. He's a ridiculously skilled player in the shootout at three on three, killing penalties. He does everything, partially because he had to this year. What are they going to do when Kirby Doc is healthy all year? And let's say they get a Leo Carlson, a Will Smith, who can fill in that gap behind them, or if they get Pierre-Luc Dubois. You have to contend with other people now. You can't just go Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are the only two people on the ice here. If you give Nick Suzuki those weaker matchups, he will eat you alive. It's it's the easiest A-plus I will give out in this entire season review. Everything that was wrong with the Canadian season, I look at Nick Suzuki's and go, that's part of, you know, part of this process or process for our Canadian listeners here. He's getting better year after year after year. And he's not exactly always surrounded with elite talent but he's just getting better and better and better. And he is the ideal person to wear that C and to lead this Canadians team into their next generation of contendership. That might not be next year, but beyond that, he will be there and he is absolutely the guy for that. And that's the thing. I think that sometimes there's a profound misunderstanding about, you know, oh my God, Habs fans overrate Nick Suzuki. Uh, no, we don't. We have a certain expectation for Nick Suzuki, and we understand that he's not Connor McDavid. We have an expectation for him, and he surpasses that every single time. I know that Nick Suzuki is not one of the biggest names in the NHL, but in my opinion, he's got to be the biggest name on the Montreal Canadiens. I think it's not just about being captain. It's about how you conduct yourself on the ice every single day and off the ice, but on the ice as well. And I think there's something to be said about how ruthless he is without being a bad person. If there's a, like, I don't know if that makes sense, but you understand, like, right? He's like so cold blooded, but then he's like a warm and fuzzy person. He just has absolutely no mercy on the ice. And he just, there's just something unflappable about him that I admire so much. And he's so young. It's unbelievable how young this guy is. And he does so well. I just can't say enough about the way that he's handled himself. And you just talked about, you know, you look at how bad this season was. You took it. You look at the bad luck. You look at the injuries and all of that stuff. You look at that. And then you go and you see how well he's played. Like, just imagine Nick Suzuki with a little bit more support. Just imagine the heights he could reach if, let's say, his best line mate wasn't injured. Let's say they find the other guy for that line that completes that trio. 
We don't know who it's going to be. It might be, it might be, you know, literally anyway, Kirby Doc, you know, we don't know. But once they find that, just imagine Nick Suzuki over the course of a full season with better support on his wings and behind him. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing here is Nick Suzuki was almost a 70-point player on a lottery team where I want to say he ended the year. Yeah, Rafael Harvey Pinard was there, but he had Rem Pitlick for a bit and Josh Anderson for a bit and Mike Hoffman for a bit and Jesse Alonen for a bit. He It was just, let's just keep shuffling through pieces here and finding something that works even remotely a little bit, which to Martin St. Louis' you know, defense, what else are you going to do? Everybody else is hurt. And this is what he got out of that. It's so, it speaks to how good Nick Suzuki is that he still made these things work. He was their best player down the stretch. He was single-handedly trying to ruin the tank. He didn't, but he tried. He really, really did. I, I am giddy to think what his ceiling is because I don't think we've come within swiping distance of what Nick Suzuki's ceiling can be here. And if the Canadians continue to build and develop this team around him and Caulfield and Doc and et cetera, he's only going to get better. It's hard to not be giddy about Nick Suzuki right now. And there you have it. We are giddy about Nick Suzuki. And that's us for today. Make sure you're, you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians. We are obviously on YouTube. Please subscribe and hit that bell so you'll know when we put out new content. You can email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. You can also send us mailback questions uh, in the YouTube comments. Just put mailback question at the beginning. Or you can send them to us on Twitter. You can DM them to us at LO underscore Canadians or just at reply. Uh, you can find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matley. You'll find me at The Active Stick. Thank you so much for listening. We will definitely talk to you tomorrow.